Stevenson to the outside. They score! From the left wing circle, Jack Eichel makes it 2-0 Vegas. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Carlson for Stone in front. He scores! Five two nights. Mark Stone, two goals, one assist, three points. From the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. All right, six down. Let's drop the puck. I'm going to win it to my back end, and it's going to be a quick shot and a rebound, and we're going to score. All right, so you got that play, Ryan Wallace. You ready to go? Yeah. yeah. All right. Which, learning lesson for some guys. There you are. We're teaching hockey right now. We're teaching hockey to uh, to Ryan Wallace and uh, everybody. I uh, get excited about this conference final between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Dallas Stars. I'm gonna I'm gonna read you this, some matchups uh, right off the bat here, uh, and we got Bruce Cassidy coming up uh, shortly uh, from his media availability this morning. Uh, 2018 Vegas against the Winnipeg Jets. Yep. 2019, St. Louis, San Jose. 2020, Dallas, Vegas. Mm-hmm. 2021, Vegas, Montreal. 22, Edmonton, Colorado. And 23, Vegas and Dallas. Vegas is in there four times in yep. the final four. That's the matchup in the Western Conference final, or the third round, because there's one exception. Vegas is in there four times. Dallas is in there twice. Then you got one-offs, Winnipeg, St. Louis, San Jose, Colorado, and Edmonton. Yeah. Like, those are all good teams. Winnipeg, back in the day, thought to be on the arc upwards. St. Louis won the Stanley Cup. San Jose was a perennial contender. Edmonton, Colorado, right there. Those teams haven't been to the Western Conference Final more than once in six years. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. because you're good doesn't mean you get back there. But giving yourself more opportunities should result in something great. And that's what Vegas is doing. Trying to go to the Stanley Cup Final for the second time in their fourth trip to the third round. That's a lot of numbers you just threw out there. A lot. But it all funnels into taking advantage of the opportunity in front of you. And Bill Foley, remember what he said? I do. I do. What was it? Playoffs in three, cup in six. Overachieved on the playoffs? Yep. Right there. Yeah. With the cup in six. And I I talked to him at the start of the season, uh, the home opener. He said, I'm sticking by it. Let's go. He had a good feeling about it. He thought that this team, this group, really had a vibe like the year number one with the chemistry within the group. And that was way back September, October. Mm-hmm. He stuck to it. Playoffs in three, blew that out of the water. Right. Now, potential to get to the Stanley Cup final and cup in six. Uh, Bruce Cassidy is his head coach. Uh, Bruce uh, addressed the uh, missing of Alec Martinez and Aiden Hill from today's return to practice. You'll get an update on that as well as uh, commentary about uh, the different players that have stepped up. Like If you go back to September, the different players that either were acquired or had just arrived but have played a role in this run has been exceptional. Here's Bruce Cassidy. Uh, Bruce, you talked about it last series, but you have Aiden Hill come in. Obviously, Ivan Barbashev contributing, Bluecker entering the lineup. Um, what's it say about the additions that you guys have made and how they've added to the depth of this group? Yeah, I mean, 
we relied on it all year. We went through a number of different uh, injuries at different positions. So, as I said, I think Krim did a real good job at the deadline uh, finding the players that would be best suited for us. And they've come in in those roles, done a good job for us. That's just what required. I think we've been a team that, as I said, has used everybody all year. We rely on that formula. Um, we're going to rely on it again for hopefully another two rounds. <clears throat> Bruce, I know you don't like to talk about the, the past of this group just because you weren't here, but uh, two trips to the conference finals, missing the playoffs last year. Can, can the group kind of use that as motivation going into this round, or is it too far gone that it's already? I think they can. I think if I was in that position, I certainly would look at it that way, that it's not a given every year. You see that with different teams around the league. It became one here in Vegas, which is a good thing. Expectations are high, and then all become, it's taken away from you. So I think that's where the motivation would come from. Let's get back to being that team that expects to be there every year and, and does the work to get there. So I think there's guys that would use it, but now I think we're farther along than that. Now you're thinking, okay, you're at Final Four. It's about the big prize. I mean, the motivation originally might have been to get there. Now I think you're you've got... You know something real tangible in front of you so um the motivation about the st winning the stanley cup should be enough for everybody i would think <clears throat> both of these teams are real good at creating offense off the rush do you expect there to be like a lot of rush chances or is that going to be the focus on let's not let that happen well if we do play the way we would like to uh, i would think they would be limited Dallas plays the way they want to, then Heiskinen and Harley, these guys will be up the ice as a second wave and, and Hintz will be getting the puck with speed. So that'll be the challenge for us to take that away from, from Dallas. Uh, I think we have a pretty good rush game when we're going as well. So I'm sure they're, you know, they've got their talking points, so to speak, to take that away from us. So I think that happens in every series with most teams. And then whoever executes the plan better usually, or is more committed to the plan, We'll, um, we'll be able to deny what the other team wants to do. So I guess we'll see, right? But from our end, I, I, I hope I'm not watching video on Saturday morning looking at a bunch of rush chances because we've addressed it. Now it is game one. I think, as I said the other day, the best laid plan sometimes, you got to get out there and play and live it. And then, you know, as you go along, you need to do the necessary things to take away some of those. You'd hope to do it right out of the gate. That is our, our plan with certain things, but we'll see how it all transpires. <laughs> Uh, Bruce, just two questions for you. One, um, Aiden Hill wasn't on the ice. Alec Martinez. Maintenance day for him and Alex Martinez today. Okay. Alex, sorry. Uh, um, obviously, you look at the size that you guys have on the back end. It, it's significant. I mean, you coach Z, but it's not. You don't have Z, but it's pretty. You got a lot of big guys. Dallas likes to funnel a lot of pucks to that front of the net. What do you think that the size that you guys have can negate some of what they like to do? Well, I do, and I think it's negated a number of teams because of their size. We've been able to do that when we're on, right? When we're playing our best hockey, we're good at boxing out. We understand the value of getting out of under sticks versus fronting pucks and getting block shots. And I think we've got guys that do both. It will be at a premium, I think. We all know Pavelski is probably second to none at, at, at that in the high slot. So our timing of our D being net front to, to box out and clear rebounds for a goaltender versus getting out to where Pavelski likes to tip pucks higher will be a, something that they're going to have to be mindful of because you can be two feet away from him and he's still going to tip the puck, as you know. We saw it over and over. 
So that'll be the challenge for us. And I think as we go along in the series, we'll get better at it. But at first, it may be, you know, because we're used to being closer to the front of the net, I think we're going to have to encourage guys and, and, and stick with that. So for us early on, it's going to be, I think, more as, as important for our wingers going out to the point to limit those lanes to the net, understand what they're trying to do so we can help our D get comfortable with leaving the front of the net and challenging those tips. Because all year long, we've wanted them fairly close to the front of the net. And they're one of the best teams in the league, Dallas, of using that that high tip. So that'll be the challenge. We'll see how we do. Um, if we can close some plays off on our end quick, then they won't get high to low as much. Um, so we've talked about that a couple ways we can do that. So that'll be one of the biggest, like I said, things that we'll be looking for as a staff. How can we do that? Speaking to that size that you guys have on the back end, is it's hard to make comparisons, but is this one of the biggest groups that you've coached in terms of defense groups or, you know? It is. I mean, don't forget, I came from Zidane Ochara times, who's 6'9", and, and Adam McQuaid was 6'4", and Kevin Miller was a big guy. Brandon Carlo, I think, is 6'5". And we also had Tori Krug and, and Grizzlich that balanced some of that size because they were smaller puck movers here. We don't have those. I think Marty's probably our smallest defenseman. He's 200 pounds. So it is a bigger group Group, if you take the six of them. So the biggest, yes, probably. And we try to use that to our advantage. And I, and I think we, they've done a real good job at what we've asked them to do in terms of clearing the front of the net. We changed our system a little bit. I think they enjoy playing it, and they've responded well to it. Um, Aiden jumped in mid-series last time. Um, I guess what impressed you about kind of the mental toughness he showed to get in there and then obviously even in game six, rebound from two early goals? Yeah, you never know what's going to take place, right? I think it's a guy that we, we have faith in and know, we know we can play and play well. Playoffs a different animal, right? Some, some guys respond better to the situations that come up in the playoffs, whether they call it pressure or whatever, um, you know. Different practice, you know, you don't practice as much. Guys need a certain amount of work versus guys that don't. Whatever. Media scrutiny, a little more. Whatever it is, mentally, he seems to be just fine with it. Uh, physically, we were hoping he'd catch up quick because he hadn't played some hockey, but that part we knew would eventually come, and it came, obviously, quick enough, right, because he made stops. And then the mental part, like I said, that's an unknown until you're thrown in there. He's done a real good job with it. LB did a good job with it. I think our goaltenders are solid that way. And I think some of that just permeates down from how we play in the group in front of them and guys telling them, you know, hey, this is, we're there for you. Just, you know, make your stops that you're supposed to and we'll, we'll be there for you. So I think it's a kind of a group effort, but they're the ones that handle it well. And Aiden coming in the middle of the series, kudos to him. I think certainly say he was one of the differences in the series, that position. I think he definitely outplayed their guy. And it's one of the reasons we're advancing. Um, one more for you. Brett Howden scored a couple goals in the Winnipeg series, had a bunch of points. Didn't necessarily produce on the score sheet that much, obviously, in the Edmonton series, but still seemed to be a factor. What have you liked about his game in these playoffs, and why do you like him with on that line with Stevenson and Stone? Well, I've liked his accountability, his physicality. He, he hasn't changed whether he's scoring or not. Puck's finding him. Found him more against Winnipeg, that whole line in general. Not quite as much against Edmonton for whatever reason. Um, but he's still, you know, our first guy in the f typically F1 on every four check, creating loose puck situations. And Mark Stone's a very smart guy to kind of anticipate where it's going. So we'll get some turnovers that way. Uh, still big part of the penalty kill. So we know he can, he, he's comfortable in the 200 foot game. 
uh, can skate and keep up with D. They're activating. You know, Bouchard activated a lot. Cece was up the ice. Was a left winger against those guys. You have to know they're coming. Um, so I liked his responsibility there. Um, five on five, right? I think there were some points obviously against us by their, their big guys. A lot of it was power play driven. For the most part, five on five, we were able to uh, squash some of those opportunities. And, he, and he's a part of that. And that's what I've liked about his game from day one. Gives those guys a little more freedom offensively, knowing they have a guy that can play both ways. And he also made his, Danny made a lot of plays, like little area plays to help those guys. So I don't think the puck followed all three of them. It wasn't just how, it was just in general for whatever reason. You saw it with Martin, you know, more was happening for Eichel's line. And, um, you know, that's, that's okay as long as we get enough goals from somebody. So I suspect they'll get a few more looks this series. They're too good not to, but um, that, that's been Howie. So uh, we put him up there at the start of the year. He got injured. We put him back thinking he could balance things off on the other lines. Uh, allows you to drop Riley Smith maybe. If you could call that a third line with Carly, that's a pretty good luxury to have. So I think that was the thinking behind it. He's got to be the guy that makes it work. And his two winger, or sorry, Stevie and Stoney have to pull him along. There were more veteran guys than they have. So credit first to Howie and then his two linemates. <clears throat> There is Bruce Cassidy this morning uh, in front of a growing group of media as the numbers continue to accumulate to the point now where Chapman's lost his seat. Now, you yeah. had it taken away from him during the second round, and now it's gone because all the other people, the national folks, come in and they sit wherever they want. They don't know that we all have basically our own seats. Oh. And Chapman, yeah. he's done. He's out. He's going to have to maybe standing room only. I actually uh, talked to one uh, reporter today who was joking around about this idea of where you sit and you don't want to take somebody else's uh, seat. And in we, we're in the Vegas Golden Knights media room, uh, their video room, where, where they do all their breakdown. Uh, with, so it's like theater seating. And the reporter looked at me and went, do I sit in the logoed seat or do I sit in a plane seat? And we were joking. And the reporter looked at me and said, I, I got to go plane. I gotta remain unbiased. That's a good decision. That was, yeah. It was good. That's funny. It was. It was. It was. It was. It was like, great. Don't, don't step on the logo. Yeah. In the uh, locker room, and and don't sit in a seat that has. I. I get yelled at for that. I know. Chicago. I, I got yelled at for that. I know. For I'm gonna catch in the logo. Yeah. Flack for this. I sit in the logo seat, for sure. Yeah. Every time. You monster. I know. Well, don't put. I mean, don't put the logo on the seat. That's because you're Cut. hedging. Cutting down on half the seats you can you can sit in. <laughs> it's also more the Golden Knights room than it is our room. We use it for yeah. eight minutes a day. They use it a, a lot for video breakdowns, and it's it's a, it's a cool room uh, for those that uh, have seen uh, the video of Bruce doing his availability. The screen comes down; they can do all kinds of uh, different uh, things, and that's where tomorrow Kelly McCrimmon will speak. And then Bruce Cassidy will address the media. Uh, it's the conference finals media availability day. A little bit of a toned-down version of the media day that we get in the Stanley Cup final. And then there'll be a couple of players, two sets of players, uh, come through, along with your regular uh, uh, locker room access uh, that we'll, uh, we'll go through tomorrow. And uh, interesting, Aiden Hill not on the ice today, just maintenance day. Uh, we were watching that and seeing... Jonathan Quick and Yuri Patera on the ice. Uh, not not a big surprise that that Hill would take the day, given that hasn't played a lot, and then got thrown into it and was incredible. 
And that last game against Edmonton was just a flurry of action in the third period. Uh, he doesn't necessarily need, because I'm going to be flat out honest with everybody. Practices at any level in hockey are borderline useless for goalies. In fact, they do more of a disservice for goalies. Because guys are coming down, it's breakaways, or it's one-on-ones, or it's two-on-os, and the goalies are supposed to stop. You, you try. You try and stop them. You do, But you're not getting anything out of it, other than you might get hurt. It gets totally useless uh, for, for a goaltender. You do your own work with the with the goalie coach, you might get one or two uh, drills in there or a session before practice or after practice uh, with somebody like Sean Burke or, or Mike Rosati. But the, the general practice, that doesn't do any good as for when it comes to tuning up your game. So Aiden Hill missing practice today is nothing. Uh, when it, if you're worried about preparation for Friday uh, against the Dallas Stars in game number one, I'd expect him to be in there uh, tomorrow. And Alec Martinez was also not on the ice today uh, with the maintenance day, uh, as uh, that guy just, he's probably picking pucks out of his <laughs> equipment. Uh, the way. And that'll be interesting because the defense are going to have to get a little more active, uh, not stay right around the crease uh, the way they normally do and block shots. Uh, Bruce has talked about uh, being uh, a little more active. As uh, let, let's get a, this is amazing. Like I talk about defensemen and what yeah. they might do, and then a defenseman just calls up. Like this, this oh, is nice. so neat. Uh, Nick Heggs with us uh, on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. You're a longtime listener. You're a second time caller. Good to have you back, buddy. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, how, how you doing? Uh, in between series, uh, chill and and uh, and laid back. Yeah, lots of rest. Uh, uh, you know, take it easy for the most part, right? And, uh, you know, just get ready to go. Darren Millard, along with Ryan Wallace on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Uh, Bruce has been talking about uh, being a little bit more rangy in your own zone, uh, trying to protect those high tips and, and how you guys are going to patrol it uh, between blocking shots and being right around the crease. Uh, can can you just uh, take me into that world and what you might have to do against Dallas as opposed to Edmonton? Uh, yeah, I mean, they... Uh you know, they're they're good at you know, creating offense like that, right? They kind of work into uh, I'll call it a quiet area, uh, you know, a little bit higher in the zone there. Uh, you know, Pavelski obviously a big a big one that does it a lot, um, and they're just a little bit different than than the way Edmonton Edmonton did, right? I mean, uh, you know, dry side over uh, the the quiet area they would try to work into is. More, uh, more off to the off to the side, uh, you know, kind of look at seeing past one timer kind of thing. Uh, where where Dallas is a little bit more, uh, you know, higher in the slot where they you know shoot for sticks and and try to get you know deflections and and high tips and then, and then create their create their chances that way. So uh, you know, just something we have to be aware of and uh, and try to counter. And, and I think it's. Uh, you know, as a defenseman, it's just kind of recognizing, uh, you know, when that play is, you know, developing for them uh, early, and then you know, being able to, you know, kind of, you know, move out there and uh, and then and then do a job with, you know, tying up a stick, and uh, and if the shot does get through, then you know, we're you know, clearing those rebounds and uh, and you know, making sure they don't get a second chance in there. 
This is why you listen to the VGK Insider Show, because you never know who might pop on. Uh, Nick Hague's with us on uh, Fox Sports Las Vegas with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. You know, Nick, obviously you guys are, are now into the, the conference final. How, how do you feel like collectively as a team your game has, has kind of grown from game one against Winnipeg to looking ahead right now to the Dallas Stars? Uh, yeah, I mean, we've, we've been playing some good hockey uh, recently, right? Um, the playoffs are, are a little bit of a different, uh, a little bit of a different beast where uh, you get in these in these series, and uh, and and all that matters is 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 winning winning the games, right? So you know we've obviously had our ups and downs. Uh, I mean, early early on in round one, uh, you know we didn't like the way we were playing, and you know I thought we bounced back uh, bounced back really well. We we're able to win you know four straight in uh, in that series to beat Winnipeg, and then and then this last round you kind of. You know, we it, we kind of had our ups and downs and ebbs and flows, and uh, you know, there's definitely some you know moments and some games that uh, you know that we didn't like what we were doing, but uh, you know, we're able to you know bounce back and uh, you know you know and, and, and change that, and then eventually get our push, and then uh, you know, and then obviously we found a way to win, you know, uh, two straight there at the end of that series to close it out. So uh, you know, it's all about just getting the job done. Uh, you kind of got to deal with those ebbs and flows, and uh, you know I feel like we've done a, you know, a good job of a good job with that for the most part because there's certainly going to be highs, and there's uh, and there's going to be lows as well. So it's trying to keep an even keel and, and just you know you know work through uh, work through the lows and uh, and realize you know what you know what we've been doing to make us successful you know when we are playing well. Hey, are you good at rinsing things, or do you hold on to it a little bit? Uh, I'd say it's something I've gotten better at, uh, you know, over the years for sure. It's, uh, it can be hard sometimes. We're so emotionally invested in, uh, in this and everything we're, we're doing here and, and working for, uh, which makes it, you know, amazing when, when things go well, but it, you know, it's also, uh, you know, it can be easy to, you know, wear stuff pretty hard and, uh, so I think there has to be a good balance, right? Um, you know, if something you know doesn't go your way, it, I think it's really important to uh, you know to you know learn from it and, and move on uh, really quickly, right? Uh, certainly easier said than done sometimes, uh, but I think it, it's it's really important, especially uh, you know in these playoff runs. Here. Can you teach me how to do that? Because I hold on to everything, I bottle it up. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, I think you got to figure it out for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> That's brutal. Just hanging yeah. me out there. That's. I, uh, you know, it, it's hard, right? Yeah. Uh, I think especially, uh, you know, I, I, I used to be, uh, you know, really bad at it. Uh, and that still creeps in sometimes. It's a, it's a, it's a unique and kind of weird, you know, situation, right? Um, you know, you're so invested in this, and uh, you know we put in so much work for this throughout the year. Uh, it's you know you you definitely can wear stuff hard, um, and and it can and you know it can eat at you if you know if it's not going your way. But uh, I think there's a real you know uh, what word whatever word I'm looking for. It's, uh, you know, it's really advantageous I'd say to be able to cut it loose and. 
uh, and just kind of move forward and, and then and then focus on you know whether it's the next shift or the next game or or you know whatever it might be and kind of just focus on the bigger picture. But uh, yeah, we're, you, you're definitely you know invested in this whole thing in every game and uh, and you want it really badly, right? So it, it can be hard sometimes, you know, if if you don't bounce it in a bigger way to uh, you know to, to let it go. Getting a life lesson from Nick Hague on Fox Sports Las Vegas and the VGK Insider Show with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Yeah, not not to keep pulling on this thread, but it's something that you said you've you've worked. Like, how do you how have you worked on that over the years? Is there is there anything that you do maybe between games after games that that kind of allows you to hit that reset button? And then also between series, because obviously it was a very emotional series against the Edmonton Oilers. Now you're going up against Dallas. How do you reset after that series going into the next one? Uh, yeah, I mean, it gets easier with experience, I think. Um, it, it, you also look at it on both sides of it, right? I mean, we're you know, coming off the high of a series win right now. Uh, and, and it's important to, you know, to kind of almost forget about that and like, hey, we're, we're starting fresh here, a new series. Uh, you know, time to get back to work and, uh, and get the job done, you know, for the next one. So. Uh, I, had a, I had a coach tell me a really long time ago, never too high, never too low, and I think it's never been more true than, uh, than you know, in this playoff run. I had a chance to talk to Zach today uh, in the dressing room. You were occupied by Gary Lawless. He wouldn't leave you alone. Like he's chat, chat, <laughs> chat, chat. chat. Um, and But Zach and I were talking about the high flip that uh, the Dallas uses, and it can be effective. It can put defensemen in a, in a vulnerable spot. Do you... Do you have any type of strategy on on how to play that thing when the puck gets flipped out and you know that Rupe or somebody's coming uh, down the ice? Uh, yeah, they, you know, they have a ton of speed, right? So, yeah. um, you know, that could be an effective play to kind of get it out there. And, you know, sometimes those bouncing pucks in the neutral zone, uh, this can be a real doozy to try to handle and, and make the next player try to defend. But, uh, yeah, I think just recognizing where their speed's coming from and uh, and just trying to keep everything in front of you. Uh, so if you need to back up, you know, a little bit more, uh, then, then so be it. Uh, you know, we always talk about our gaps and, and, and all that, but, uh, you know, sometimes those those pucks can be a little bit hard to handle. So uh, even if it's just trying to, you know, take a stab at it and just whack it, you know, somewhere out of danger, uh you know, sometimes, sometimes a simple play like that could be, uh, you know, the best one and the most effective. Before we go, uh, how different do you feel going into this series than you did the last time that uh, you guys were into the third round? Because you you've been through a lot, you've grown so much in your young career. I'm curious where you and Zach uh, kind of see yourselves uh, compared to a couple of years ago. Uh, I think for me personally, I think like. My role has grown a little bit yeah. right, since uh, since the last time uh, we were in this spot. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's a nice feeling for sure, and uh, you know, and a, and a and a new challenge, if you will, uh, you know, to you know step up and and you know make sure that you know we're doing our part to you know help the team win. Uh, the you know the further we go forward here, so uh, you know whether it's this is the best time of the year and. Uh, and it's a lot of fun, and this this is what we play for. Uh, so it's exciting, and uh, and and I'd say uh, you know I'm looking forward to the you know opportunity to you know go out there and 
I mean, look, you step back, you take a look at the big picture where there's four teams left and, and we're playing the, in the Western Conference Finals and, uh, you know, hopefully taking, you know, just another step in the right direction. Honest comment for you. Uh, I long got over being intimidated by interviewing uh, professional athletes, but it is a little offsetting when you're talking to somebody with a much better voice than you and you're supposed to be a broadcaster. Like you, uh, you, you got to start doing radio work or something some, at some point down the line. Well, I'm going to stick to my job right now. Maybe eventually I can, uh, <laughs> I, I can get into that. <laughs> yeah, you got some you time. Can, you, you can hire me on for, you know, post-career. Well, uh, help me out you with... You and I can do it together. Here. Oh, that would be good. We'd, we'd kick some butt, man. We, <laughs> doing a morning show, you and I would own it. Guaranteed. Yeah. Uh, thanks, well, Hager. It, it, it's good. It's good to go on the radio, right? The, my dad always tells me I have a face for radio. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's dad jokes right there. That that is true, though. Uh, that uh, that 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 you're you're talking about uh, dad jokes and being humorous, but with when you are in a hockey game and you get all cut up, sometimes it's better to be on radio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess so. Yeah, I wasn't insulting you there. I'm just saying you might get take a high stick, and it's better to be on a radio interview. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Don't come looking fair for enough. me tomorrow. Uh, thanks, Hager. Well, hey, I'm lucky I still have all my teeth. <laughs> Do you have every one of them still? Every single one of them. Nice. That is pretty good, especially the way uh, you can get rough and tumble going at it. Ah, oh. <laughs> wear that mouth guard, buddy. Don't be chewing on that. Uh, keep it yeah. going. <laughs> thanks, pal. Right on. There's, yeah, a, there's Nick Hegg with us. He's got all his teeth. That's got to be uh, a rarity. That's not something I yeah. would go on and, and like, tempt fate with. Well, what are uh, you going to do, Chapman? You're proud of it, I think, in the moment. It is pretty funny how quickly Darren hedged when he realized that he might have insulted Nick Hegg. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's wild. true, though. Wild. I told him. It's, it, it, it's when you take a stick, you don't want to be on there, and, no, and, no, and people like me no, are no, counting no. stitches. Uh, here's here's uh, on, on this tea thing. So we play Thursday nights, the Pickles, uh, over at City National Arena. And we had a guy on the other team take a puck in the face last Thursday. Just a little flip shot. Going out of the zone, it was an intended pass from one of our guys. He took it right in the chops, and he lost, had to lose like three teeth for sure because he was spitting them out. And then they went back looking for the map. I don't know what they were going to do with them, uh, but uh, but that that's impressive. Now sometimes the worst level that you get into is more dangerous, and you should be wearing a cage because you never know what people are going to do. But that's uh, that's crazy that uh, they hang uh, with uh, the different stitches and, and scraps and boats and and uh, situation that he's been in. All his own teeth. Do you guys yeah. have your own teeth? It's remarkable. I I had one removed, so I do not have all thirty-two. You don't. All right, Wallace. Do you have all no. of them? No, I do not. You don't. No. So that's amazing. I, I'm missing half of one yeah. due to the crash, and we are missing. And and Hager's walking around with the full complement. <laughs> a hell of a performance. I, I, I That's broke, an athlete right there. I broke one of my molars on a high chew. So high chew, one no way. Chapman's teeth, zero. Yes. Seriously? Yes. <laughs> high chew. High That's chew. outstanding. Uh, we got uh, one-timers coming up and also a chance to qualify to win tickets to Game 2. It's all ahead on Fox Sports Las Vegas. 
Carlson, left corner, centered, one-timer, score! It's time for One-Timers. One-timers. A quick look at news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Well, we'll look for it. It won't happen for a couple of years, but be standing by for the Mallard and Hager morning show. Mallard and Hager in the morning. Coming to a radio station near you uh, whenever he's done playing hockey. He's got some more important things to worry about right now in the Western Conference Final. That would be Ryan Wallace's dream right there. Waking up every day to me and Hager. Yeah. I love it. It'd be great. Downloading the podcast, everything. Uh, We got some news out of New Jersey. Lindy Ruff will return as coach of the Devils. Mm -hmm. Now, what's interesting about this contract is up. Uh, he's the coach of the year finalist. Uh, New Jersey Devils had a wonderful uh, season advancing to the second round. He doesn't have a contract yet, but he's going to return. Very unusual that the general manager would announce the coach is going to return without a contract being in place. So many, and I would subscribe to this, uh, you give up a lot of leverage. Not that Lindy's in his uh, early 60s, is, is not looking for the uh, home run or anything like that. He, he's, he's comfortable. He's got a great setup. He's been coaching a, a long time, so he's financially uh, very settled. But it's it's kind of strange that you would do that deal. Now, Fitzgerald and, and, and Lindy are, are buddies. They're good friends. Uh, and Lindy's been coaching there for three years. I'm sure they'll be able to work out a deal. But it's just it's strange how that came about. Well, Yes, but nice vote of confidence and any extra leverage you have in the moment, not a bad thing. I, I love leverage. I, I know you do. I can't get enough leverage. Right. And when I get it, I just go hard turning that screw. Uh, the Coyotes in Arizona, eh, they don't have a lot of leverage right now. No, not really. Uh, the screws have been popped out of that one. Uh, there is a, a big vote, and, and this was all working perfectly for their new rink in Tempe. Uh, it had passed every hurdle uh, to try and build this thing as they play. They left Glendale and played out of uh, the Mullet Arena this year, and we're planning on it for the next couple of years. But there was a big vote that happened yesterday by the citizens of Tempe. Yep. And the Tempe Sports and Entertainment District has been voted down, and by a, by a sizable margin. Quite frankly, uh, it, it wasn't sixty forty, but it, it was it was pretty uh, resolute. Uh, the fact that the citizens themselves said no, we we, we don't want this thing uh, to happen. So uh, it it's going. It was a public referendum uh, regarding the arena project, and it was uh, turned down. Yeah, and you know, I, I mean, it's it's easy to to sit here and and kind of drag the, the coyotes and their fans through the mud but I, I'm not I don't want to do that like there's there are coyotes fans out there that that you know found this this news last night and and it's been tough and it's going to be tough and there's a lot of uncertainty right now so um, I just I, I feel bad for them I feel bad for all Arizona coyotes fans that, that want to find and have a permanent place for that for their hockey team in, in, in their state and uh, it'll be interesting to kind of see how things go from here and how how many options are on the table and, and what avenues there might be left for the Ari- for the Arizona Coyotes to stay in Arizona. The uh, 
phrasing from the organization was, while we wanted a different outcome, we remain grateful to all those who volunteered their time and talent. What is next for the franchise will be evaluated by our owners and the National Hockey League over the coming weeks. There's always been a plan B. Yeah. And plan C. And this was plan D. Uh, playing in Mullet Arena, hopefully get the arena approved, uh, spend three to four years building that uh, project because it's a, a former landfill. So you got to clean it up and then uh, put the, the building in place. So they might have been in Mullet Arena for five years. I don't know what's going to happen now. Uh, all of a sudden, you start hearing about potential relocation and different areas that they could uproot the Coyotes and put them in. I don't know the timeline on something like that. If it is a relocation, let's just go down that path. They're going to relocate. Does it go next year? Or does, do they, is it too close uh, to be able to do that? I will point back to Atlanta. Like Arizona was always supposed to be, they were the team that was moving to Winnipeg back to Winnipeg in 2011. And Atlanta's ownership like became dysfunctional and it wasn't going to work. And, the league made a quick switch off moving Arizona to Winnipeg and moved Atlanta to Winnipeg. And that was, that announcement was made. Now, Winnipeg was already trying to, they were well into trying to woo a team and, and, and get a team back. But that announcement was made uh, the day before the start of the Stanley Cup final in 2011. So we're not there yet. Uh, so y- y- the same type of timeline, you can still do it. Uh, and that sort of thing, and they hadn't—they didn't name the team for a while, and uh, they didn't name the team until the draft. Uh, actually, uh, they didn't reverse the, uh, reveal the logo until uh, a later stage. So I think you could—you could conceivably play somewhere else next year. So you, you're right that that it is conceivable. Um, Greg Wyshynski, uh friend of the show, who who does uh, who works for ESPN, has a a report out that the Coyotes will play at Mullet Arena for 2023-24. That's yeah. the plan. Sources confirmed to ESPN. So that's kind of the, the working time frame. So if it is relocation, at least right now in the moment, based on what we know, it doesn't seem likely for next season. I'll believe but, that when they play their first game next year. But who knows, right? Like, there's a lot that can that can happen between now and even the draft at this point, right? So for, for the Arizona Coyotes, for their fans, again, like I said, I, I feel terribly for the fans. And we'll see what ends up happening and whether or not Arizona staying, uh, or the Coyotes staying in Arizona is viable. And I, I don't know that it is at this point. I don't know whether they're going to move or not, but this is way too soon to be saying they're staying. And and, oh, yeah. and no ifs, ands, or buts. Can you imagine you're a lame duck in a 5,000-seat arena? And you announce that you're moving somewhere else next year. Like it's it's tough for everybody involved, but yeah. rip off the bandaid and 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 go. Now you gotta find, have a buyer. You got a relocation. You want to do your due process. I don't know how long the the list uh, uh, they've they've gone down about other teams. I keep hearing Houston, which I think would be great. Uh, Kansas City, which uh, would be a great rival for St. Louis, uh, a couple hours apart. Uh, Salt Lake City, I've heard, uh, no chance. Uh, I shouldn't say no chance, but uh, going to an obstructed seat arena, uh, like the, where the Utah Jazz play, uh, after Brooklyn, after uh, Phoenix and downtown, uh, no sure, thanks. Sure, no thanks sure. on that. So uh, we'll, we'll see where. Oh. I think it does stay central-ish 
yeah. so you don't have to move the uh, uh, the goalposts on realignment and that kind of thing. Uh, we got uh, we got a chance to qualify somebody for tickets to game two. So you'd be the ninth caller right now to 702-876-1340. You will instantly win a two-foot sub from Porta Subs, your neighborhood sandwich shop, and we will enter your name into the big drum for two tickets to game two on Sunday, noon start, uh, between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Dallas Stars. Ninth caller right now, 702-876-1340. And we'll see how it goes, but you'll get a sandwich right off the bat, a two-foot sub. Uh, Back with Catching Up with Chapman next. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So I I, I told the story about how I I lost my, my molar. I broke it, chewing or eating a high chew. So there's more to it than that, because at the time, I was living in Taiwan, which has great universal health care, great dental benefits. It was $5 to have it removed. Well, the catch was there was no Novocaine to numb my, my, my mouth. So they... So no freezing at all? No freezing. No numbing? No, nothing. Nothing. Just pulled it. And... Oof. Um, the, the, the best part was I was screaming as he's pulling it and my, my dentist who was, uh, he was, he was educated at New York university, learned to learn to do with dentistry in the United States was laughing at me as he's pulling my tooth out and I'm screaming. I'm going to punch them. I, I, I tried. Like, I, I was looking for those, like, cuffs that, like, will hold your hands yeah, not down. Not to be mean, but no, in self-defense. I, it, it, like- was, it was so painful and the, the funny thing is now I have like this kind of like smooth gum that is in the back of my mouth where my molar used to be but yeah it's it's high chew of all the things like I would have loved to say I got I got into a bar fight and got punched and broke well, my let's tooth. do that no no we won't let's do go that. down the street you and I <laughs> I don't. Hey, I don't, my buddy wants to get into a scrap. Yeah, well, I'll leave my I buddy set high you and up. dry. I've started a few fights in my day. <laughs> um, why does that not surprise yeah. me? Chapman, you Chapman, you, you only throw down. <laughs> Chapman, Chapman, you only throw down for friends. Come on, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Let's sorry, go down. Man. Let's go down and do it. <laughs> oh, so Chapman's in your. Fr- no, your no, no, no. I'm just no. saying, if he wants to fight, I can yeah, start one. Listen, I, I, don't, I, can I don't think you're in Chapman's friend group. That's my point. I've seen lawless. Take care of you. I don't that think you're the guy I want on my side. Serious violation, Chapman. It's like one on three. Well, so is so is so is a bar fight. I mean, there's a lot of things that could go wrong in a bar fight. Like you get hit with a stool, get hit with a bottle. So I, you grab the pool cue. But it's Chapman? a good story. <laughs> no, I'm not grabbing anything. I'm the guy who's crawling on the floor to find his way <laughs> out of the bar if that happens. <laughs> Great movie. What was the uh, Roadhouse. Patrick Swayze? Rose, oh, like you Sam and I Elliot. would, we, you and I would have been perfect in that we, movie. We need some cowboy boots. Yeah, some cool mustaches. I well, can't, but like one guy that, that's our lives right there. Yes, totally. Going down there, Jeff Healy giving guy behind yes. the, the chicken Jeff, wire. Jeff fence. Healy, uh, my Playing. my first wedding was my wedding song, Angel Eyes. Like you and I would fit <laughs> in just the rough and tumble. Yeah. We, bar we could totally clean up. Yeah, we're we're, we're the enforcers. Yeah. Yeah. Like picking chicken wings out of our teeth with yeah. broken glass. We're like we're like Nick Hague and Keegan Colasar. Yeah. Nobody's gonna mess with Just us. Just rolling. Yeah. Ryan, delusion, delusion looks <laughs> good. If you want to hang guys. out with us, we'll protect you. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Oh, uh, we got a lot of 
information tomorrow. Sound from Kelly McCrimmon, Bruce Cassidy, uh, Mike Rupp's going to join us all on the eve of the Western Conference Final. <laughs>